settle in, there is a sentence to complete. And I loved getting text messages. I don't get enough text messages. This is my way to like get my balance. And so if you have an answer to that, I would not be a servant of Christ if I were still. You fill in the blank and uh, text that to that number, and we'll share those in a moment. This is, I, I'm giving you permission to use your cell phone, so go ahead and take advantage of that. haven't arrived yet. Keep pushing those buttons. Just put times two or three or whatever you want to. I would not be a servant of Christ if I were still Thank you. I love these little dings. Because they're coming in, I'm just going to read them to you. I would not be a servant of Christ if I were still a slave to sin. I would not be a servant of Christ if I were still making decisions uh, based only on my own thoughts and desires. Good one. I would not be a servant of Christ if I were still serving other masters. I would not be a servant of Christ if I were still stuck in physical, emotional, and spiritual pain. I would, I would not be a servant of Christ if I were still in the darkness and living a life of rebellion. These are all great. Love, love to get your responses. I would not be a servant of Christ if I were still trapped in disillusionment and pain. I would not be a servant of Christ if I was living as a two-souled man. Okay, those are really, really, really good. More may come in. If they do, I'll share them. So this morning, I want to share with you striving to please Christ. So this is a statement Paul makes in Galatians. I would not be a servant of Christ if I were still. You know, you think about that, like on the surface, you might think, Man, he's probably talking about something like really, 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 really serious. And some of your responses, the completions, kind of really show that, you know, to, to be in darkness or stuck and da-da-da. Well, Paul answers it this way. I would not still, I wouldn't, well, I reversed it for the answer, so now I'm, now I'm twisted. I wouldn't be a servant of Christ if I were still trying 
to please people. Now, I don't know where pleasing people is on your list of sins, but it's probably not at the top for most of us. But it's something that uh, if we're going to be formed to be like Jesus, then we have to be formed from being people that please other people to being people who serve Jesus. So that's, the, that's what I'd like to share with you today, is how, how do we begin to go down this path of recognizing what does that mean uh, to please people, to end up with, okay, I want to lay that aside, and I want to begin to serve Christ without that hindrance. So Paul says, I was still, still trying to please people. So what that tells me is that that Paul was very well aware that in his past, he was a people pleaser. So before Jesus introduced himself to Paul on the road to Damascus, I would say that Paul was a people pleaser. I would say that Paul was blind to his people pleasing ways, and he thought all along, I'm I'm a servant of God. I'm serving God zealously. I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do, and I feel really good about it. So there was, by by Paul's own admission, there was a self-righteousness within his uh, being a servant of God. God, aren't you you proud of me? I'm your guy. But then after committing himself to following Jesus, uh, Paul went through a time of spiritual formation, a time of, oh, this is what I was, That fell short of who Jesus is, therefore I want to be shaped, I want to be formed, I want to become like Jesus in every way. So he changed. He changed in the process, the process of spiritual formation. Yes, yes, Dorothy, it is possible to change. Uh, To change, he changed from a person that was a people pleaser to a genuine servant. Of Jesus. So this is his story in Galatians 1. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know that the gospel I preached isn't human in origin. I didn't receive it or learn it from a human. It came through a revelation from Jesus Christ. Now read that again just silently. That, that is just packed. He goes on in his story. You heard about my previous life in Judaism, how severely I harassed God's church and tried to destroy it. it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my peers because I was much more militant about the traditions of my ancestors. But God had set me apart from birth and called me through his grace. He was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might preach about him to the Gentiles. I didn't immediately consult with any human being. I didn't go up to Jerusalem to see the the man who were the apostles before me either. But I went away into Arabia, and I returned again to Damascus. Again, just kind of browse that passage and kind of get a feel for Paul's story. And Steve, I'm going to ask a question so you can kind of go back and forth 
let folks, because every question I'm going to ask comes from what I just read. Well, you don't have to make anything up, okay? Don't do it to please me, all right? So the question I would ask first from Paul's story is when did Paul please people? What would you pull? In his previous life. In my previous life in Judaism, that's when I was still a people pleaser. And is there there more detail about that previous life in Judaism? He was really good at it. Really? So what do you see up there that says that? Uh, Advanced beyond many of my peers. I advanced beyond many of my peers in Judaism because I was a people pleaser. And then the biggie is, from this point to this point, he was a people pleaser, but then what happened? Yeah, but what? Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up. So I'd say that's his past life. I was a people pleaser in Judaism. I advanced in Judaism beyond my peers, and it was before Jesus appeared to me and disclosed who he was. Now, one thing you can walk away from that, it is possible to be very religious and be addicted to people-pleasing. And that's something we should be aware of. It's not just a problem of Judaism. It's a problem within our faith as well. So just hold on to that. Now, next question. Who did Paul seek to please? Again, Stephen, go back back and forth so folks can read the passage. Who is he trying to to please? Yeah, I, I want my peers to see me advancing beyond them. So, yes, I want, I want my peers to be pleased. Who else? Okay, yeah, I want to be pleased with myself. That's a very good insight, Kimberly. I want to feel good about myself. And so when I'm pleasing you and that's reflecting back on me, then I feel really good about myself. Who else? His ancestors, okay, good one. Religion. Yeah, so, and who's teaching him that religion? You know, he's a a rabbi being trained by rabbis. So there there are Jewish teachers and rabbis, leaders, his peers, that are, I'm I'm striving to please these people. Now, interestingly... Who did he not try to please? In his mind, he was, he was, but yeah, you're right. It's going to get better after this, but again, there's, there's, a, there's a group of people that he didn't try to please. Yeah. I mean, the... the it would have been in this meeting of Jesus, he could have immediately transferred trying to please the leaders of Judaism to trying to please the leaders that were the apostles in the church. He didn't do that. That's, that's a pretty staggering thing in and of itself. Just keep that again. Just keep it in your mind. Now, this, this gets a little darker 
Because what did Paul do as someone who strived to please others? He killed people. At least we know that he stood by and watched Stephen be killed, and he was in full, I'm, I'm in full agreement with this follower of Jesus being stoned to death. And, if, and again, I, because we, don't, we just don't want to know the grisliness, the reason he's holding people's gowns is so they don't get blood on their gowns. That's uh, so bad. So, yeah. What else did you say, Marianne? I mean, that word, does that word kind of jump out at you? He was militant in his support of his Jewish traditions. Whew. What else? Yeah, how, how? What, what did he do to others as he went about his people-pleasing ways? Hey, I severely harassed. I severely harassed God's church. Now, who is God's church at this time in history? They're all Jews. So they're all Jews that are following Jesus. So he's harassed, I'm severely harassing those Jews that in his opinion had wandered away from the traditions of Judaism as he understood them. Wow. Susan? Did you have one? Okay. And so he so severely harassed God's church, his goal was to what? I want, I want to destroy. I want to destroy this sect of Judaism. I want, it, I want to wipe it out. Wow! Have you ever, I mean, have you ever thought that people-pleasing ways can get that destructive? Very sobering. What stopped? What stopped, Paul? from being a people pleaser. Encounter with Jesus. Somebody tell us that quickly. What's that story? How did, how did Jesus encounter him? He had a two by four. Okay. <laughs> He's on the ground. Bright light on the ground. Blinding light. Blinding him. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He heard it and the people that he was with heard it. Yeah. So he got a full revelation, a full disclosure of Jesus after his resurrection. So the living Jesus showed up on the road to Damascus had a conversation that stopped Paul in his tracks. He received from God the Father this, this, this revelation. The Father was pleased to give this revelation of Jesus to Paul. 
And God invited him to stop sharing bad news and begin to share the good news of Jesus. Final question. Where did Paul's transformation begin? He's being transformed from someone that's people-pleasing to being a servant of Christ. Okay, so it started, his calling was, was that, you know, that's so interesting, isn't it? That, that maybe somewhere in his militancy, in his violence, that he would, he would hear this whisper. So taking it on from there, where does his initial encounter with Jesus happen? On the road to Damascus. Where is Damascus? Syria. Where does he go right after that encounter? Goes into Damascus and then he goes into Arabia. What do the road to Damascus, Damascus in Syria and Arabia, what do those all have in common? This isn't Israel. This isn't Jerusalem. This isn't with Jews. This is all with Gentiles. Isn't that amazing? That sometimes God can arrest somebody from going the wrong way and take him outside of where it seems God is most present to change them. Now, I believe that God is just as uh, interested in us. He's probably not interested in my, there we go, iPad. Not. But I do know this, like Paul, I, I know we cannot be servants of Christ if we remain people pleasers. I know that from reading the story, but I know that better from living life. I was brought up in a family where I pleased others. That was, that was my way to security. As long as I was pleasing mom and dad, not rocking the boat, things were going to be okay. It went on with me into scouts. It went on with me in the school. It went on with me. It was with me a long time. I came to know Jesus. Unlike Paul, I didn't go to Arabia. So people pleasing stayed with me, even as a young Christian. But the time came that that began to be rooted out of my life. So I know that like Paul, we cannot be servants of Christ if we remain people pleasers. So we too, we, we all, all of us, none of us are exempt from this. We all must go through spiritual formation, something, a process that, a process that begins to change us from seeking to please people to seeking to please Jesus. Now, I don't know where you might find yourself in that process. I'm going to guess that everyone in the room is somewhere along the line. This is not the first time you've heard about people-pleasing and the necessity uh, to be formed into someone different. So let me just describe you. I mean, just, this is what people-pleasing looks like. 
And you, as I read this, just kind of find your place. You know, if you're going to tick this off, you might say, well, you know, four of the ten, I can still see active in my life. Or, hey, those things aren't there. That could happen. So, we pretend to agree with everyone. We feel responsible for how other people feel. We apologize often. We feel burdened by the things others need to do. We can't say no. We feel uncomfortable when anyone is angry with us. We act like the people around us. We need praise from others to feel good. We go to great lengths to avoid conflict. We don't admit when our feelings are hurt. If you find yourself anywhere in there, do any of those attributes kind of describe where you are or where you were? Can you, I'm just trying to give you like a points on a compass. Okay, thank you for shaking your heads. So I, I just want to remind you, because I'm reminding myself, we, we can't be servants of Christ if we still strive to please people. So I want to invite the Holy Spirit. He's the one that has to, you know, you, you found that place on the, the compass. Uh, he's the one that has to kind of confirm that for you. You know, we, we may be harder on ourselves or not hard enough. So would you like to stand with me? You know, I love doing what we're about to do. Because I truly believe, like what we were singing, I feel safe. I feel safe in this room with you. I, I can tell you the worst or the best about who I, I can be real. And I, and I really hope that, that you feel that same safety. So when I invite the Holy Spirit to come, I, I really want him, I want us all to just say, okay, I'm, I'm inviting you to. I don't have any special power to invite the Holy Spirit. I just know that I desperately need the Holy Spirit because my heart is deceptive and no one really understands it except God. So I need the Holy Spirit to kind of crack it open. I know we need that. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come and just, as, as we've already, in a sense, evaluated ourselves about where we are, in this people-pleasing thing, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and, and to confirm. We need to know if we are being too hard on ourselves or if, indeed, we are not being hard enough. Holy Spirit, I thank you that your desire is to build us up. It's not to tear us down. Your desire is for us to see what we need to see.
And I do, I thank you that your desire is for all of us to serve Jesus uh, freely and with the purest of hearts and motives. Holy Spirit, disclose to us the starting point for our transformation. We want you, we want to invite you to form us. Form us into being servants of Christ without the baggage of people-pleasing. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to strip the people-pleasing ways off of us, that we would begin to serve Jesus without dragging that behind us. Holy Spirit, I know that this morning can be the beginning of a process. And most likely it's not the beginning and the end in this moment. But I do pray that you begin something in us. and That we would be willing to go with you. That you would guide us in this journey. And we commit that to you now. In your name. Amen. Now the one thing I would, I'd like to... Uh, just, just to suggest is as we prayed and if you had a sense that, man, I'm really stuck in this. I'm, I'm really, I'm not sure that I can move out of this by myself. Then we'll, we'll kind of just move over to this corner when we say goodbye and just have some ministry time. If you need some additional prayer, we'd be glad to do that. Um, as that's going on, I would like